Hello, and welcome back to Dear Adam Silver, a show about sports, art, and the space they share. My name is Abigail Smithson, and as always, I am your host. And today's guest is Blake Gillespie. Blake was on the podcast just a couple weeks ago uh, to share the letter that he had written to Adam Silver regarding the reopening of professional basketball, professional men's basketball at that point, um, and how that should correlate with hoops being reinstalled at city parks all over the country because so many hoops have been taken down, have been blocked, um, and have been inaccessible so that we should not start professional basketball until basketball is available for everyone. So uh, Blake had written this letter. He had shared it with me, and I had asked him to come on the pod. And I thought, you know, for today's episode that I would like to share a letter with him that I had written to to Adam Silver, the first letter that I wrote to Adam Silver back in the fall of 2017 regarding the NBA's rule requiring players to stand for the national anthem. So yeah, Blake and I discussed that. We discuss, um, you know, what's going on in the world of basketball right now in relation to to current events and the Black Lives Black Lives Matter movement and all of that. So, really appreciate Blake being willing to come on again. And actually, as I'm sitting here, I'm looking at Blake's publication, Sacred, on devotion to spiritual hoops. This is the first volume that I have in my hands, and um, it just looks really lovely and beautiful, and I'm hoping that the next time Blake is on, we get to actually discuss his this publication he's put together because that's not it took a while to get here in the mail, as I'm sure everyone knows. Sometimes the mail is running a little bit slow right now. So um, as soon as I got this, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to have Blake on a third time to discuss um, what he's put together. So thank you so much, Blake. And there's just a couple things that I want to get to before the episode starts. Uh, Blake and I did record this episode two weeks ago, so so much has changed since then, of course, so much is changing all the time. But uh, one thing that's been exciting is that the Atlanta Hawks, the Detroit Pistons, and the Milwaukee Bucks are all um, sort of handing their facilities, their arena, over to the counties that they are in to let those spaces be used for registering people to vote and as polling locations for the the election, uh, which is really amazing because, of course, we need large spaces where people can uh, show up to vote and be able to socially distance in a safe way. So that's pretty incredible, and that was not something that was happening. And so I think that, you know, we're seeing so many, as we, uh, the players are in the NBA, um, are pushing for more change. We're seeing different ways that that change can, can sort of take shape. And so it's exciting to see that the arenas can be places for people to vote safely. So that's something that's happened that since Blake and I spoke that um, we didn't get a chance to talk about because it happened after after we got together. So just, yeah, keep that in mind. And I, I think that's a real exciting thing that, that can only help. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was Maya Moore, who we mentioned in the podcast. Uh, of course, Maya Moore, the four-time WNBA champion with the Minnesota Lynx, who stepped bas- back from basketball last year to 
take on um, criminal justice reform by helping to get this man that she had met previously in her life who had been wrongly accused and sentenced to 50 years in prison for a crime that he did not commit. I believe it was robbery and assault of some kind. Anyways, his name is Jonathan Irons, and just this past week he was released from prison, so she had taken this past year to work towards getting him released, I think among other things, as I understand it, and he has now been released, and she is going to be taking this uh, season off as well to continue to to work on that. So that is all so exciting um, and important. So thank you to Blake for coming on the show today. And just so you all know, we referenced some other podcasts in the in our discussion, and I've included links in the show notes as well as links to uh, some articles about Maya Moore and what she's accomplished. So thank you again. Take care. Last time we spoke, we were at the beginning of of this. I mean, I think we still are at the beginning of it to a certain extent as far as like the reaction and then uh, push to um, move forward in a different way uh, based mm-hmm. on on George Floyd's killing. Um, so I think it it's not, it's good. It's important to hear that there's some things that are happening. I mean, and of course, this was the that was probably already set in motion pre. Uh, like before George Floyd, right. because mm-hmm. uh, of of COVID. But even it's just crazy because thinking about how even before all of this happened, uh, I was already thinking. I mean, there was already discussion about how to like not how to you know reduce prison or jail populations and mm-hmm. you know changes that need to to be made within these systems uh, as far as. Um, that goes so just you know that that is now so so much more focus is on that now as well yeah yeah i you know out in california there's been a lot of organizing around schools not prisons whether and they you know they do so through big events um and you know having i think one of the times out here they had like uh you know artist taiga perform um you know for this big schools not prison event that was to raise awareness about that school to prison pipeline. And, um, and so it's like, you know, these, these are the, these are the ongoing battles, but now like there's a, there's a pressure cooker moment of real opportunity to, uh, to change uh, radically and then really, and really have the eyeballs required, which is, you know, I think very interesting to me in terms of like um the ways in which you know basketball and the nba is is involved in that dialogue uh yeah yeah please go tell me more about that dialogue (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know i well i you know what i'm i'm gonna defer to uh uh craig hodges um who was uh recently on a podcast with um David Zirin for uh for Haymarket Books. Sure. And um, you know, uh he was talking about how like, you know, when the world opens up, it's gonna be done with black it's gonna be black athletes that do it, you know. And it's gonna be done through sports and you know, the NBA is potentially the first one to do it. And you know, he was really calling for the fact that like you know, 
how will those players like accept the opening up and you know and is this like the continuation of racist systems and you know or are they going to you know put those systems well i guess you hold those systems hostage right in order to create change and you know i was listening to jj reddick's podcast this morning and um taylor rooks was on there uh from bleacher report and she was kind of talking about the same thing of like what can you know what they were they were having the debate of more voice with the nba opening up or more impact by you know players refusing to play in order to like you know yeah, affect change and um I, I personally think that uh, anytime you can hold uh, uh, a racist capitalist system hostage in order to get your demands met, then that's the best one <laughs> to take. You know, um, it's you know, and and that kind of boycott or that kind of you know protest, sit out, whatever it may be, yeah. is is historically been the ones that have you know shaken things up the most you know when Muhammad Ali said that he would not be drafted and that there had to be and he would not go to jail and there had to be uh, a, a, a decision that reflected justice like I feel as though we're in that same moment of like I don't have to play I don't have to like be punished for not playing there should be the third alternative in which like you do something so that these problems are no longer our problems and i think that's the like the that's the whirlwind right there that is going to really make the impact and that like anything else runs the risk of performative if it doesn't involve initiatives that the you know so if the if the players play it can't just be t-shirts and and statements in post games you know and, and this is things that taylor rush was saying i don't want to take full credit on this i just i fully agree with her on this sure um and i think other players and 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 smart minds are are suggesting as well uh and that you know there has to be action items initiatives that put stuff on hold if they're not met and or not discussed or or you know and so you know there's a lot of power there and uh you know uh <laughs> yeah i think last time we talked we were kind of talking about how the nba is traditionally thought of as the most woke league and uh uh i'm you know it that it was interesting to me like that was brought up to craig hodges and he thought it was a hysterical concept right <laughs> you know yeah. i was like i was like wow damn craig hodges is not he's he's <laughs> fully thinks that's humorous uh but given what he's been through I understand entirely, and it actually does re, you know, I think my, you know, my, uh, my concerns that have, have come up in this 
is because my notion of that wokeness is like under serious question. And, and so, you know, we have that, you know, uh, at play as well, you know, like the, the, the reputations on the line for the NBA right now. Yeah. It, it's so interesting because their reputation is on the line, but they don't have a lot of competition to have like a good reputation right now from other major sports. I mean, like <laughs> right. major league yeah, baseball yeah. is like, uh, sort of, um, Imploding. Major League Baseball just seems like, yeah, it's, in like, front of it's us. like stuck in the 1950s. Totally, yeah, like really backwards. And then, of, and of yeah. course, like this this uh, thing with the NFL becoming, um, like championing Colin Kaepernick's protests in a way that feels, as of now, it feels still like not, not actually taking action in a substantial mm-hmm. way. The fact that they're just saying... We should have done more. I mean, Roger Goodell's um, hostage video, if you want to talk about hostages, where he's like (laughs) literally reading exactly what these players said without any sort of personal um, individual thoughts on this. He's he's just they gave him a list of things to say and he said them, which I think is important that he said them. It's just also it had no feeling of him actually caring as a as a human being oh, or as the speeder. I think I, I, I have to watch this. I haven't seen oh, it's, it. It's sounds, really painful. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it almost looks like he like he's being held to a chair, like just the, his body language, um, <laughs> like without it. So, um, so yes, I mean, I think that the NBA has, has an opportunity here and that the attention will be on the players no matter what. I totally understand and, and believe that Craig Hodges is right that, and, and based on his experience and, and, uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf's experience, I would Mm -hmm. even say, like, you know, we're talking about, like, the malice at the palace and, like, how that broke down um, with how David Stern handled that um, as well and and how the players uh, who who were a part of that event um, were were vilified. Um, And, and, uh, you know, there it was this visual of, like, this huge white fan base and and these black players being uh, harassed. And mm-hmm. uh, them, uh, understandably, in so many ways, having like one too many comments. And I mean, in this case, you know, there was a soda thrown. So I mean, just the, right. like, there being a tipping point from how how much you can take from from the crowds. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that my understanding think... of that. Oh, sorry. Just at the, at the NBA oh, yeah. as yeah, like yeah. a progressive league is based on um, just very recent history with how Adam Silver handled. Uh, the Donald Sterling um, uh, issue with him just being pushed out of the league very quickly, even though his wife is still, I think there's still, she has some kind of still maybe some stocks or something. I don't know. Um, But that, that, and then also, you know, like with the NBA players speaking out um, in a more free way, it felt than, than other leagues uh, and, you know, wearing I Can't Breathe shirts um, Mm -hmm. and and things like that. But that is only, you know, within the past five years. So so it's really in like the Adam Silver era that 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 has been possible. And and even as we're going to get into a little bit with my letter that I wrote him originally, he's not always killing it. (laughs) No, no. And well, and you think about so it's like there is like that progressive moment of like, oh, they, they, they like pushed Donald Sterling out. That was great, but he got a two billion dollar parachute. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, Craig Hodges and Mahmoud Abdul Roof were not 
given like their 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 like concessionary like you know millions to you know hey thank you you know yeah we yeah we're blackballing you and um also but like we're not gonna pay that you know and it was like we're not gonna there's no there's no you know, they they atoned to to him even though like he had no he just yeah he should just been like he one he doesn't need two billion he's right <laughs> he's already like a multi-billionaire like it's that that the notion that like that that an own that a, what, 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 we don't refer to them as owners anymore what are they now governors they are, um, governors thank you um the notion that a governor um like needs that money when in fact like the reason that they became the governor was because they had enough money to purchase the team. Like, right, totally. That is, you know, like they're, they're already have their hand in multiple avenues outside of the NBA that are, are facilitating their enormous wealth. Like just the fact that they lost one isn't really like cutting off a limb, like as, as, as much as they make it seem, you know? No. And also, I mean, Donald Sterling, people knew that he was a problematic racist person before this happened, like within, you know, he's like a real estate (laughs) uh, mogul and he, Mm. you know, there was uh, issues of him, you know, with uh, discriminatory practices and things like that with, within the, his housing. And, and so it's just, I mean, essentially it just sounds, he is like a, LA version of Donald Trump in many ways it sounds like and so yeah him I mean it just it was pushed to a point where there was I mean it was so blatant and so obvious that they weren't able to um, allow him to be a part of the league but just I just think that that still doesn't answer for all the years that that people knew that he was and he was so awful and was so racist and he was still allowed to to operate Mm -hmm. um, and then go about his business so yeah, it's really um I mean I think that that in in many recent I mean especially with just like the Warriors not going to the White House um and the mm-hmm. the Raptors not going to the White House the cat I have to just mention the Warriors first of course um <laughs> like things like well, the, that the, the, the Warriors would have been the first um, yeah they would have so yeah yeah they set historically the tone. yeah 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 they set the tone yeah and yeah. I mean just seeing like you know teams that you know, we're playing against each other, like come or come. Um, there was no wavering on that ever. It seemed like everyone was kind of on the same page about it as far as like what was being shared with, with the public. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was pretty strong. And we haven't seen that in other, in other sports. So even that just um, that kind of sticking by, you know, for example, like what Greg Popovich says and what Steve Kerr says and, and what players say, like, they, they kind mm-hmm. of stick to that within their actions, it seems, um, mm-hmm. as far. And so I think that that those recent events um, around gun violence, around, um, you know, uh, violence against uh, black people by the police, by the state, um, and also just um, within, like, you know, saying, no, we don't want to sort of... Um, acquiesce to to the president because we don't believe in in him or anything that he does almost that has like maybe tricked us a little bit into thinking that it is this progressive place and and maybe it is but um we would need to see that more long term because i'd like to think that if mahmoud abdorov did what he did in the you know mid 1990s if he did that now 
that he would he would stay in the league. But that's after Colin Kaepernick. That's after another player got kicked out of mm-hmm. another league. You know, so it's just right. like what how do we we need more tests to know if mm-hmm. if the NBA is actually what we want it to be. And I think yeah, the NBA has um they've acquiesced to, you know, performative uh you know things and they and they're allowing people to speak. So like performance and words so far are you know, highly permitted, um, and like, and, and charity and donation, um, you know, now that LeBron is taking steps into, uh, and, and players have joined him in terms of, uh, working on voting rights and suppression. Yes, more than now, a vote, more than a at, vote. Yeah, yeah, more than a vote. <laughs> now, now we're at a place where it is like the, 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 the hoops politics is even more like, naughty and ingrained and like that's where it's like it gets now we're getting into a place where it's like all right here we go now we're taking action that's where it it's it's starting to that's where it'll really start to test the the nba's position um you know and i, I you know just to you know to more like on to this topic like you know recently donovan mitchell tweeted that like the you know jazz players were like with them you know, when they're speaking, but when they're looking for action, now it's like there's like some adversarial levels of it. Like so the owners like, of the jazz? Uh, no, no, the jazz fans. The jazz fans. Okay, like, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, they, they'll cheer for us. But then when we have an issue, then they're like, then he's, he was seeing like the division. And so it was like, you know, I think that um, players are are placing themselves in these positions and then seeing the response and the division and then, you know, that, that is starting to, you know, like create this divide of like, well, who am I playing for? And, and, you know, who am I working for? Uh, And, and, you know, and Steven Jackson recently uh, was, you know, which, you know, to bring back someone who was involved in Malice at the Palace um, and then, and then, you know, and, went through his own, you know, path to a hard fought path. It had to have been to, to remain in the NBA and, um, and get through that, you know, got his, got his big retribution with the, with the Warriors. Sure. In that run. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he was saying like, Hey, all the players, we're doing the work right now. Owners awful quiet, you know, mm-hmm. like, that's these these are the things that we have to take documentation of because it's like this you know silence is violence right now and that's who is the bigger perpetrators and i think what it's what we were asking ourselves you know last time we spoke was that like we're seeing players take action and it kind of involved in you know creating response from like a, a, a delayed response from the owners, like, you know, paying their employees in, in the crisis. But like now that we keep going and going, they're getting quieter and quieter and, that, you know, less like, let's get back to they're They're working. They seem, they just, you know, it seems to me that everyone's working real hard to just get sports back. And that's the big, that's the big, that's where they're putting all their chips is we got to do that. Because 
if we don't, we'll have to do these other things to get it back. And like, yeah, I, 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 that's the way it reads to me, at least. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem um, it's really hard to sort of suss out. I mean, it's it's not hard and it's hard to kind of like suss out what the in- intentions are here, because I guess I want to believe that that Adam Silver wants the same change that many of the players want. All of the players, mm-hmm. it seems, want as far as how um, systemic racism functions within the country. <laughs> like, I want to believe right. that Adam Silver is aware and wants those same things. Um, so, but then, of course, like, this money issue is uh, is what drives mm-hmm. almost every decision. Um, and, I mean, I think we're seeing the same thing now. I mean, I think that also this... So many things have piled on top of each other, but the pandemic and, you know, when the pandemic first started and there was this whole thing about, like, how can we make sure that stadium uh, arena employees still get paid? Like people who uh, work the games are still going to get paid, even though that they're they're hourly employees. And so many players um, and some a few owners stepping up, but a lot of players stepping up to to pay the salaries through the season of of people that w- would have lost their jobs or lost all of their income without the games happening. And right. so this is piling on top of that where it's still like the owners still aren't doing enough. Why is Zion Williams? And, and um, players have done what they could to address them in the past, uh, many of which have, have suffered consequences of it, you know? Um, and, you know, like, like right now, um, there's just, I don't know. The, I was, I was trying to think who is the, Oh, Renee Montgomery. Yeah. Um, Renee Montgomery. WNBA player who she's like, she's just saying like, you know what? I'm out, you know, in Atlanta right now. I'm working with the protesters. Like, this is what I'm doing for 2020. You know, when the WNBA comes back, like I won't be with them because this is the moment that it matters, you know? And like that kind of action right now is, is significant. Like that is, I'm, you know, she's, cause that's the big thing that everyone keeps saying. That's like, you know, there's young players who, you know, they're in a contract year. There's, you know, players who are, who are, you know, there's a lot of money, 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 money at stake right now. Um, Here's someone who is putting themselves ahead of, of, of that and putting, you know, their community ahead of, of this individual quest and not saying like, I can affect, I can be just as effective, you know, with my wealth as I can in, you know, if I, you know, weren't to play, um, did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think she's, she's making a huge, she's making a sacrifice yeah. for her career, she's making a, exactly like her future mm-hmm. in basketball and also money wise, because I, as it sounds, it's not like she's walking into some job at like a nonprofit as I, you know, right now she's just trying to kind of like, no. like go out. No, no. I mean, I'm sure she could find one as well, but I mean, yeah, it yeah. seems like she's just, you know, striking out on her own to, to contribute a number, whatever way she can to make a, you know, push this movement forward. Um, and she's, and right on, right on the heels of the biggest like player, uh, you know, salary agreement that the WNBA has ever undergone. Like, so she's looking at her most like, like highest paid year of her career and saying, 
no, I, this matters more. Gosh, I forgot about that. I think it's because it feels like they worked out that new uh, agreement like 10 years ago. <laughs> I forgot right. that the WNBA had just. Uh, no, that was yeah. like February. I, I think. know. Yeah, it was right. It was right, right before all this that like the WNBA. I had because I, I remember I had like the New York Times tab up uh, for like a while because I was like, oh, this is incredible. And like, I want to read more. And, 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 I was, and then I and then so much happened. Then I looked. And I was like. Man, this <laughs> this year this is insane. Right, uh, yeah. and I mean, so and I think it was it's Maya Moore, um, a player for the Minnesota Lynx, who had decided. I mean, she was. I think she's like the first star um, that I know of to leave the game to go do. She's working on criminal justice uh, work, and she decided mm. to. Um, to, to stop playing in order to put her attention somewhere else and, 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 and work on this issue that she thinks is so important. And you just never know because I, I feel like her doing that, you know, two years ago, I, I think it is, I'm going to have to look it up, um, that, that, you know, that, that is kind of like allowing potentially, um, maybe Renee Montgomery would have done this anyways, but just that, that you can um, sort of, that that's a possibility that what you can do with like sort of like the the power that you have is to walk away mm-hmm. potentially and and maybe maybe Renee Montgomery will come back maybe my Moore will come back it's just this idea of like what are we doing right now that makes us feel like we're doing the most good. I I love to hear like the the the, the stories of people who are are yeah flat out putting that that thing that they feel in their soul like to action. Um, and and taking that that scary step, you know, because it is it is it's scary to 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 go head into it. Um, Definitely, it's a, a unknown. It's taking a chance. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. but as I mean, we're seeing the past couple of weeks, like there's right now, sports are not a particularly safe place to be. I mean, as far as taking chances, you know, a lot of I was just seeing, you know, baseball players who are doing spring training, and I guess not spring training as of. Uh, yesterday it's like summer training now but they're like in Florida mm-hmm. and they're testing positive and and I think there's a college football team um, where where several players tested positive for COVID uh, and so your your risk you're sort of you know and some and some teams are like you know banding together to write to to put forward their their asks you know their demands mm-hmm. from the administration and from the you know the the teams like coaches and stuff like that to say we we want to feel like we're safe and if I don't want to play because I'm scared about getting COVID I don't want to lose my scholarship and and things like that um right. and that's pretty incredible too that that that's also uh, happening and, and and player the the players are advocating for themselves or lots of different players lots of different uh teams are advocating for themselves right mm-hmm. now certainly yeah. Yeah, yeah and I mean I just I was reading today about how you know, the NBA, uh, Kyrie Irving had put out, uh, you know, on this group call, had said that he thought that maybe they shouldn't go back to playing, like you were saying, kind of hold hold the NBA hostage a little bit um, in order to get more attention focused on these these issues of, of systemic racism and how it manifests. And I was reading that Austin Rivers, who's, you know, he's not paid as much as Kyrie Irving, and he was saying, like, you know, we should go back and play. We can do both. We need money to put into the cause. But I also think that, like, the issue is not players putting more money into this. It's other people 
taking right. accountability for it. So I don't think, right. you know, we're exactly. not, no Stop lessons will be yourself. learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, and then I saw that this is just, this is the rabbit hole for sure. So then I read Doc Rivers responding to Austin Rivers and mm-hmm. Doc Rivers thinks that he was, he was on board with what his son said and he thinks that you can march and work at the same time. Those were some of his words. And that was so interesting to me too because literally where the NBA is going to be played, they can't. Like they physically right. can't do anything but work. This is right. They are there strictly to play basketball and, and whatever, ping pong and their free time and a few other things. But it is totally restricting their physical like where they can go and some of their freedoms like that's the nature of trying to reopen during a pandemic is that you can't leave this this uh insulated space so mm-hmm. no it? like doc rivers you can't do both yeah, right like yeah. you, i mean you can you like <laughs> and i mean basically where i stand is that i want the players to do what they think is best for themselves and what they think is best for the country like that's what i want mm-hmm. I, like i want some kind of consensus i mean i, I just i want them to do things that they feel good about doing, you know? And I mean, that they feel, that they feel, um, empowers them. So like if I just, I, I really come to this hard place because of earlier on, I felt not, not that much earlier, like a few years ago, I like often projected what I wanted to happen, like on the players. Um, Mm -hmm. and this goes to, wanting them all to kneel during the national anthem and things like that. Right. And then really mm-hmm. realizing that like, that's another form of, of, of getting them to do what I think that they should be doing with their platform. Um, right. So I'm trying to kind of like undo that a little bit and focus more on this idea that like, I want them to do what, the, what makes them feel like they, what, what makes them feel good, essentially. Maybe that's good about being a player. It's good about being a person. It, it's uh, what, what makes them feel like a good citizen. Um, mm-hmm. And ultimately, like, that is what I I want for them and I want out of this. This is all very weird to say because the NBA is scheduled to open on my birthday. <laughs> um, so in many ways, <laughs> I feel like it's this destiny for, like, me to get to watch a basketball game on my birthday. And, yeah. and just – but, you know, that is so aside from everything else. Like, I can totally get behind the the NBA not reopening – um, until until we see more progress in 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 these movements that that have have gained so much momentum, I I right. I want I I support that so much and I want to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, I guess I just I want there to be I just want I want the players to feel good about their about their decisions. And the other thing that came up today when I was kind of on this in this like doc or this rivers. Clippers rabbit hole <laughs> was <laughs> um, yeah, was yeah. that like some of the players that pl- were playing on the Clippers uh, when Dal- uh, Donald Sterling when when that recording was discovered where he was saying those racist remarks and they I think their response this was during the playoffs they were playing the Warriors and they like wore their warm ups backwards so that there was no like Clippers branding or logo when they first came out um, as, right as though they were playing for themselves. Um, which was an, was was like a you know a powerful response, but some of the players, no one was named in particular, but that there, there are players that wish they had maybe like withheld more and not played, um, mm-hmm. that night. Um, of course we don't know what would have would have happened, uh, necessarily, right. and the Clippers were contending at that time in mm-hmm. a serious way. Um, yeah. But I don't I and my wish I mean I guess for all of us is to not 
you know, this, this, there's minor moments of this and there's larger moments of this, but I, I just don't want to look back and think that we let it, we let, uh, this moment go because we were like ready to watch basketball. Right. You know, um, and I feel, I feel like the, the, the players, um, and ex-players who are really, you know, kind of have the mind frame of like, I think there, there, there's an awakening in which there, there, you know, people are saying that there's something much bigger going on. I, like Damian Lillard, like spoke to that, uh, you know, Kyrie spoke to that, mm-hmm. Stephen Jackson, Dwight Howard, like there's like, there's, I think, and Avery Bradley as well. Like, yes, um, yes, yes. Like that there's, there's something that just, you know, and, and, and I feel like everybody is feeling this way um, since the protests began, you know, that there's just something different about now. And that can't be, you, you have to, you have to explore that, that feeling as much as possible. Um, you know, I think that's, that, that's the thing that like anybody who's like, you know, trained and exceptional at, at creating on any, if through any medium, like, teaches themselves to listen to like that thing where you you can't explain it but there's something there that's that's pushing you to to in this in this moment and you it would be it would be a great loss to not take that seriously to listen to it to explore it and to let it like grow and see where it it can go because and I think that's what is I think that's the feeling that, that we're all picking up on right now. It's it's so surreal that it's a collective feeling, you know. Yeah. That's that that that's 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 significant, you know. That means that we are actually going through this all together. That 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 this that this moment is a portal, and um, and you know I I read and, and and listen to a lot of different people and I, I, I keep hearing you know that that word kind of used that you know we, we're we're going through a portal like you know uh whether it was David Lynch or Aaron Dottie Roy or uh or um uh Rebecca Solnit or you know mm-hmm. like there's so many people who are aware and have like the the language and understanding of what this is and are and are are just kind of like being shepherds of like hey listen to this like you know like we have an opportunity here this could be the the moment where we radically shift the world and there's less suffering because of what we did you know and like you don't get that opportunity typically in your lifetime you know like this is this is the kind of thing that we just don't get the opportunity to do um you know maybe since slavery maybe since world war ii you know like these kinds of like watershed radically blowing the roof off of our understanding of the world like moments where we get to stand up to something that is significantly causing violent and widespread harm 
throughout this country, you know, and throughout the world in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, we, we have to, we can't, we can't just make this about like playing a game. It's bigger than that game, you know? The game needs to be used, uh, in a very like dramatic way. Um, I mean, I think already that, that, that's, you know, that, yeah, I showed you this morning, the, the, the the protest in, in San Francisco where they were, um, you know, everybody was dribbling, like they were speak up, it was called speak up and dribble. And I was just like, so moved by the photos of, and the videos of like people in San Francisco dribbling through the streets, you know, in for black lives matter, like that's incredible. And, um, so the, this guy at the protest, he was speaking in, in, in the threes, uh, and he said, I see you. I love you. That's not right. And, you know, obviously he's speaking to a bunch of, a lot of basketball players, because most of the people there were dribbling. And mm-hmm. so it's like a language that they understand. Three, three words, you know, three sentences. This is triangle offense, you know, this is ball, you, man. This is, you know, uh, this is like, uh, what is, what is, what are the other uh, triangles? Oh, well, there's um, the three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there's three point stance. Um, you know, there's, you know, pass, dribble, shoot. You know, mm-hmm. these are the things, these are, we, you know, basketball is, is talked about in threes. And like to, to use that language, at a protest I thought was incredibly powerful. And like, that's what I want to, you know, see is like the ways in which like, you know, we know how to to speak about and interact with the game and applying that to equipping people with ways in which they can express themselves and, 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 and stand up for what they know is right. And like, I, 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 I was just thinking to myself, like, I got to reach out and find out who the speaker was because I just want to, like, personally, you know, let him know how powerful I, I thought that that was to just, like, you know, give that expression, you know, and this yeah. is the way in which, like, you know, I see you, I love you. That's not right. Like, that's incredible. Those are incredible three sentences, three words. Mm, triangle offense right there (laughs) right yeah yeah Yeah, I think it is really uh amazing how basketball can sort of live beyond just just the game and we can take lessons from it uh that Mm -hmm. that don't have anything to do with actually playing it necessarily but thinking how how playing it can be applied to -to day-to-day life and yeah I think that that works I mean I'm sure that you know, it depends on who I talk to, but someone who loves tennis could say that, like, that works with tennis. But I just think that basketball is unique in that sense, uh, how it can sort yeah, of but like, like, live the beyond. Tennis would be, tennis would, I mean, like, tennis and golf, it's like, they, they just would come off as, like, libertarians, you know? Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's so, much, like, there's so much, like, internal, like, what I do, like, you know, and, like, you know, and how that matters, and so... Um, which you know, I, I, but I, 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 I know not to those sports. Yeah, any any but, libertarians uh, listening, like not trying mm-hmm. to hate on yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just trying to really like you know that it you know um, 
one of the things that was in my letters that I, I was really uh, wanted to make sure was in there was that like, you know, the basketball is a unity of the world. Um, you know, it requires, it requires community and communication and, uh, and teamwork uh, and understanding of, you know, one another. Um, needing like one more, another. Needing one another, needing one another. Yes. And, and that, um, and then it is, and it is a uni- It's become a universal language. I mean, it was like the design of it was um, was a missionary, you know, opportunity. Like you know, like that physical Christianity was <laughs> where it was rooted in. Of like, you know, we we do this in order to you know interact and connect with more and more people. Um, and it, it can't be. It's just. It's just so ingrained in what it is and 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 its power and so to be in this moment and have basketball be not only the reason that we are taking this moment seriously uh you know as as much as like people will you know you know we're very upset with Rudy Gobert like he also did us a huge service (laughs) <laughs> because of what happened as a result, you know? So it's like, I, you know, he, it, it was, he wasn't the, the, uh, the hero that we were really looking for, <laughs> you know, he was kind of a, a little, a little bumbly in that, like a <laughs> bit of a, bit of a, a Mr. Magoo of, of our, of our, you know, of, of, of helping us along. But, the, but like what came of it is what really, sh- you know, led to significant shutdowns throughout the country like we you know the nba basketball played that role in making it serious and making it be this thing that we had you know we had to give up so much for everyone's safety you know we gave up march madness the playoffs like these my things. wedding your wedding <laughs> come on rudy oh go marry me fucking married yeah, yeah. if it wasn't for you <laughs> I know we're still talking. You're, you're, you're still using the word boyfriend because I know Rudy that monster. No, I mean, like, I agree that he is so funny because he was like sort of this, like, you're right, like fumbling the ball, like, literally, mm-hmm. you know, about this, like, yeah. how he handled it. But, um, I mean, I, I forget if he was having symptoms or not, or if he was just having really mild symptoms, and that's why they decided to test yeah. him. Um, yeah. but. Yeah, I mean, he really like what, what, what a moment, what, what a guy. Like he, his diagnosis shut down the whole country. Mm-hmm. Uh, in yeah. many ways, yeah. I mean, I think it would have come, it would have happened, uh, the day after or the day after that with another player or you know in another on another platform, mm-hmm. a large platform, it would have happened. But it just happened to be Rudy Gobert, who I previously had a beef with because he. <laughs> I'm in Lithuania watching the World Cup. Lithuania is playing France. Jonas Valanciunas is shooting a free throw. This is, like, to bring the Lithuanian team within, like, two two points or something. And Rudy Gobert goes up and sort of touches the ball before it's before it's allowed, before the ball has, like, right. gone over the hoop or whatever those right. rules are. Um, yeah, yeah, because they have a little bit... It's a little bit different on the world level. Yeah, yeah. and he... I mean, that was it. Like, Lithuania lost. France went on to mm-hmm. win many more games. And all three referees from that game were sent home. 
uh, and not allowed to referee any other games because they fucked up so bad by not calling uh, whatever <laughs> yeah. that would have been on Rudy Gobert. And uh, yeah. he just looked so smug. So anyways, I already had some prior <laughs> issues with him. But, you know, also, like, shout out to Rudy Gobert for maybe, like, saving all of us from, from ourselves. Right, right, right. right yeah. yeah. Like, we Yeah. And so... <laughs> Um, so yeah, this, so now, so now, you know, cause it's interesting cause it looks as though like, like college football and the NFL are, you know, they're all, they're going to just forge ahead and like, and, and those will be the inevitable distractions that, you know, that, you know, start to normalize like this pandemic that we're in like oh it's okay we at least we got sports you know again and and that that's just i don't know that 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 means that the the window the portal is potentially closing because you know so much i think is happening because of the the attention and the, the that it's able to get to get you know like in the same way that like you know, in California, in Sacramento, we had huge protest crowds. And then this past, you know, weekend now that like bars are officially allowed to open up again, like yeah. they've, they've tapered off, you know, people are, are going back to the, the, the comfort um, of, of their lives where it's no longer a problem for them. And like, that is, that's, that's a, that's a problem for this this movement and this cause you know and so i don't know, just just firsthand witnessing like the 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 decrease in in, in interest is because of what looks like to be like the country opening up is means that like this happening in the nba and and the reason that it happens is is going to be so significant, you know? And the fact that the bubble is in Florida in the <sighs> county that had like one of the highest spikes of cases, it's like, how do you, you know, I get, it, it just seems like because, all right, it's, you know, NBA, if deal with ABC, that's Disney. Like they're just, they're just, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of capital right there. Right. That is, that it just, just, you know, the opportunity um, but you're making all these concessions and, and all this like hard work. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I just, I got to give it up for Taylor Rooks once again, because of this podcast I was listening to. Sure. Like, I'll, I'll link to it I in had, the, the yeah, description. Yeah cause, cause, yeah. cause she was like, if I had an abusive boyfriend who was, you know, I constantly had to make excuses for like, you know, to, in order to be with him, like then, like I, at some point, I gotta just cut my losses and know that this is bad for me. This is a toxic relationship, and like I think that's where we're at with the NBA. That's what she was saying. Where the NBA's at with this whole Florida Orlando bubble is that like we're looking at a place where there's significant spikes in, uh, like they're doing no shutdowns. They never have. <laughs> they're not taking this seriously at all out there and, ah. and so it's it's just it seems like you know i've heard of i've heard many other ways in which they wanted to kind of explore this like i i heard some rumor that like they were thinking about 
playing games in like kind of like mid-america conference like you know gyms mm-hmm. um so that like you know the players are going to these schools where they can like the teams can fly into private airports there's fewer people in the area entirely because it's like these college towns you know but it's still a large enough gym where like they can get an nba size court in there and and they can play like closed games and that like you know this is maybe one of the ways in which they can make it work and um but yeah this whole like bubble campus thing is i don't know i mean not that i thought the other reason was maybe better i was like that could maybe work but you know like this this seems i don't know yeah it just seems like they're just pushing for something that has i don't know the minute minute anybody who's like a superstar gets sick and has to sit out 10 games in the play or 10, 10 days in in the midst in the midst of a playoff or a playoff hunt like that's going to be awful like yeah 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 no i know and um it does seem like it's a little bit rewarding florida for not for like handling the (laughs) pandemic like terribly you know it's like why if we're gonna do this like why not go to montana you know it's like why not um just uh you know i mean like there's this this could be interpreted as like a red or blue thing um but also it's just like but also you know there's there's been plenty of of uh, mistakes made by democratic governors but i think also it's just like yeah, Florida's like basically like saying like "fuck you." I mean, same as Arizona. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Like, you know, whatever you yeah, want to yeah. do. Like, order the sandwich. Come on down, Mike Pence. Like, infect all of our employees. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? And or be infected <laughs> by them. Like, it's just and it, and it just yeah. feels like the NBA is kind of validating that by choosing to put like their money, their players, their resources there. Um, and it's just yeah. it's not. It's not great. Um, and I wonder, like, is the abusive boyfriend uh, comparison between the NBA and the players or is it between the NBA and like Ron DeSantis? <laughs> <laughs> like who's who's getting the mistreatment here? Um, I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a wild, um, it's just not, yeah, not a good look uh, for them mm. to, you know, and of course, Florida's a fraught place because there's this potential for it to be a swing state. Meanwhile, like the governor is telling Donald Trump that he should. I mean, they're the Republican National Convention has been relocated to uh, Jacksonville, which will be taking place. Um, you know, Jacksonville is not Orlando, but it will be taking place at like while the NBA season is going on. Like, it's just uh, I feel like they could have maybe found a better, better uh, gym somewhere else. I mean, what about this? Yeah. I'm flashing back to the last dance and them constructing like a NBA sized uh, court for Michael Jordan when he was uh, filming Space Jam. Um, I know. Like, just like, you know, like that, you know? So why can't they put something together, just plop it in the middle of nowhere? Um, right. But then, of course, it's shitty for the players. Like, it, it, yeah. it's it's nice to have all these amenities that come with, with Disney World. And I yeah. understand that. Um, it's just, 
it, there's yeah i'm uh, i mean adam silver has not like, asked me my opinion so i don't know yeah. all the all the ideas that they went through <laughs> isn't there like the 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 conspiracy theory rumors that like uh beneath the denver airport is like like miles beneath it is like a is like a secret base um you know for like oh interesting the, you know and there's like and it's like it's like it's like miles long um and uh yeah yeah i feel like yeah just throw some basketball courts down there and like you know and just let them you know just bring everybody to you know uh like you know a mountain a mountain town in uh in a little uh, more space in denver yeah yeah a little more space you know uh yeah yeah, i don't know maybe yeah or you know i don't know the roswell uh you know secret base i don't know just yeah Yeah, yeah, like i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it's, this idea. It's possible. Let's build it. Let's build some obst- like strange, like you know, like like just big. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's build. Put tents up. Let's let's find like a, a remote place to just go where it actually you can't dispute the safety of it. Uh, I kind of love this. Uh, this this. Uh, you know. Yeah. Why not? I mean, like, let's give options, some attention you know? to one of the Dakota states. You know, like let's right. just. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it just seems, it seems, yeah, there's, I have lots of questions and lots, lots of wonderings. Um, <laughs> I know, I don't, I, you know, I, I personally just feel like Florida deserves nothing, but that's just the way that I feel. Sure, I, but I think, I mean, there's like. I'll, I'll, if, if someone from Florida comes at me about this, I'm fully prepared for, for the consequences. Okay, because... so for the record, I do believe that Florida deserves something, just not this. Um, and yes, I mean, there's plenty of. Plenty of good things there. Uh, it's where I learned to drive. Uh, it's where I learned to drive. So, um, yeah, you yeah. know, my grandmother and I, mm-hmm. like, tearing up the golf courts. Like, I got to <laughs> sh- I gotta uh, show love to that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I do. They are um, they are a state that I, I would like to, um, you know, get. Yeah, I just, I'm just unsure of the, um, if that's where more money and resources should be going. Yeah. Um, shout out all the shout out all the, the dear Adam Silver fans in Florida. All yes. the I know of um, one. I know of one. I hope you're, so. sta- I hope you're okay. I hope yes, you're safe. I hope yeah. you're, you know, be healthy. From, uh, yeah. yeah. Totally. From an Arizonan who is also seeing uh actually I don't think I can call myself an Arizonan. I've only lived here for two years. Um so from a transplanted person living in Arizona <laughs> to a person living in Florida who's also we're all both seeing significant numbers in um COVID go up uh I'm with you you know from one mismanaged state to the next <laughs> um mm-hmm. shout out to you <laughs> yeah Indeed. um so I want to read to this cough letter? now yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm, one second <clears throat> okay so I wanted to read my first Dear Adam Silver letter to you because you read yours with me. And I, even though I wrote mine um, near to three years ago now, I still think that it has some relevance. You can tell me whether it's relevant or not when I'm done. <laughs> Feel free to just <laughs> say that it's not. <laughs> um, and like, I just, so this is, I was writing this letter as the NBA was getting to restart. This is after the... Um, this is after the 2017 season, so the Warriors had just won their first championship with Kevin Durant. Um, and Adam Silver sends out this league-wide memo uh, reminding 
players, staff, personnel that the NBA does in fact have a rule in place that requires players to stand for the national anthem, which was not the case for the NFL when Colin Kaepernick started to kneel. So that is what led for that situation where the 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 administration of the NFL did not seem to know how to like handle that because they they had no sort of rule in place whereas the NBA already had one in place and I'm not sure when that rule uh, was implemented but we know that there are players that have like Mahmoud Abdorov that that had tried to um, not do what is what is required or seen as what is the right thing to do for the national anthem um So, yeah, I just was annoyed by Adam Silver sending out that memo because it just seemed like there's this chance, just like we have right now. Like, there's this chance. Like, this, you know, this was the first year that Donald Trump had been president. Um, the Warriors had refused to visit uh, the White House, and there had been this back and forth between LeBron and and Donald Trump and the Warriors and Donald Trump, and it just it just felt like like this is not the time to be restricting anyone you know right and I and I so I felt I I felt disappointed just how you know when just remembering like oh maybe 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 what I want this league to be it, it's not and that's not because of the players so I just decided to write this letter to Adam Silver and one thing I wanted to say before I read it was that I think there's something going on right now where we're like misremembering that Colin Kaepernick started kneeling before Donald Trump was president um, I mean, not that yeah. we are misremembering that, but I've just heard some kind of like errors with that on a couple different shows that I listen to. Uh, and it's just really important that like Colin Kaepernick is not kneeling because of Donald Trump. Um, and to 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 say that he is or imply that he is means that Donald Trump is the problem. And we know that Donald Trump um, is 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 a problem, but is not the problem. So we have to get rid of him. We have to vote him out. But these problems that we're talking about that 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 have been going on for so long and are continuing on, uh, will will I mean I, I I would love to 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 you know fix them, dismantle, reform, defund, whatever it is that 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 is causing this. But it's just really important to acknowledge that. They were around before Donald Trump, and they they could potentially be around after. Um, and mm-hmm. if, if any of us are around after Donald Trump, and so it just um, <laughs> it's really important to just remember that this is not about. Um, yeah, it's just like Obama was president, and Colin Kaepernick was kneeling. Like, let's just we have to remember that. Indeed, yeah. Um... yeah. And it was it was is it was it in the final year of his presidency? Yeah, I think it was the summer of twenty sixteen. Okay. Yeah. That's the, a, the, 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 you're sorry, right. I, I, preseason to it's so season. it's so easy on like a just like a it, the way that our minds like historically compact things. And the fact that like um he was yeah, and the fact that like Trump was so such a dick about it <laughs> yeah no because we associate that, like, them together yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we associate them together because he's calling players sons of bitches and like things like that and like whereas you know there wasn't that same um like the outrage was all from 
uh, owners and, and, and players and fans and that all the dialogue was, was handled in that realm and the government and presidency kept out of it, you know, and now we have this like lunatic who, who thinks he's got to like, you know, ch- chime in about everything and, 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 and be on the wrong side of history constantly. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. um, it's and I, so, mean, it's weird. I mean, I think that there was like extra charged um, racist rhetoric going on during the Trump campaign, which, of course, is overlapping with when Colin Kaepernick decided to kneel and like right. the whole like Blue Lives Matter. And that was like the summer after Alton Sterling um, yeah. was shot. Um, I mean, I'm just. Th- yeah. So I just think yeah. that like there's so there that was um, in Philando Castile. And that, so mm-hmm. that, that was just a, its own, um, that, that had its own sort of tensions in that particular summer, uh, and a lot of like really nasty rhetoric. So I think that like maybe that was a part of it. I don't want to say that Donald Trump had nothing to do with Colin Kaepernick kneeling. It's more of just that like he didn't have the power he has now, and there was still a reason, you know, those same right. problems. All the problems are the same. They're just exacerbated and the threats are bigger, but like it's the same shit. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's just good to remember because it's another reason to keep working no matter what happens this November. Um, Of course, Mm -hmm. like we we may elect um, people that 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 can get some of the the changes at locally and at all different levels, some of the changes that we need done. But it's just like it, it doesn't it. The, the problems are still there even if, if Donald Trump is not. Because um, they were there totally. before him. So, yeah. I mean, some of the problems. Totally. Of course, like, the Supreme Court is another story. So let's all fucking vote. <laughs> I mean, like, I want to vote for that. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read my letter. <laughs> Excellent. Let's do okay. it. Okay. So I'm thinking of, like, 28-year-old me. <laughs> that, you know, that's who wrote this letter. So as a different person, different place. So let's just see how mm-hmm. it goes up by the end of this. All right. Dear Mr. Silver, I hope this letter finds you well. I realize you might be busy and have a lot going on and you have no idea who I am and I don't really know you, but I thought I would reach out anyways, just in case. My name is Abigail Smithson and I am a longtime NBA fan. Since I was a child in the mid-90s, I have loved watching men's professional basketball. I would watch the Warriors, Pistons, Supersonics, Rockets, Jazz, and of course my first real childhood crush, Michael Jordan and the Bulls. The players were my heroes men I admired and looked up to. The same magic that existed for me as a child continues for me to this day. Now I am 29 and I recently received my master's degree in fine art from Louisiana State University. My thesis was about basketball, my personal relationship with it, and what I think the sport is capable of, where I believe basketball players can lead and spark movements, and where I believe the game can mirror our social discourse. I was disappointed to find out that you recently sent out a league-wide memo reminding players that they are required to stand for the national anthem. Please do not move backwards in the standards that you have set for the NBA as an inclusive and forward-thinking league since you began as commissioner. Please continue to foster a space that works to overcome the most toxic societal issues we face as a country. Basketball is meant to evolve. There was no dribbling in the beginning, there was no dunk, no three-pointer, and no alley-oops. The original basket was made to hold peaches, not for a ball to drop through. This is not the game that is played today. 
The physical game has changed and adapted over time. Socially, the game should match that. The NBA should be at the forefront of supporting progressive movements, not dictating the peaceful political action players can take on the court. You run a league where the majority of the players are African-American men. As a progressive white man, I hope you understand that it is important for platforms to be created and for players to do what they want with their bodies as long as it is not inflicting direct physical harm onto somebody else. The important issues being highlighted by the professional athletes who have been kneeling for the past year are worth all of our time, consideration, and response. I hope you recognize the need for protest as a way to spark discussion of injustices and for accountability to become a priority. I am a dedicated fan. I go to NBA games, watch them on TV, and support the league through wearing its merchandise. I hope you will support the players in whatever form their peaceful protests might take. The freedom to protest in a responsible way is something all people should have the right to do, at home or at work. Disruption of the norm is a way to start discourse. Sincerely, Abigail. It's like so much has changed and not changed, you know? Like we can we can we can look at things that uh the NBA has done and that would, you know, make it feel as though this letter was you know, heard or, you know, and then there's so much that we're also, you know, still in the midst of in which this letter can feel as though it is like you just wrote that last night. Yeah, yeah. I know. And that was was strange to me. I mean, there's things about it where I'm like, I can't believe I worded something this way. But it, it mm. as, as like a, the content of it, um, I would say is still is still relevant. Was that last sentence one more time? Um, disruption of the norm is a way to start discourse. Yeah. So I feel like exactly now that I'm saying that, and I'm like, I don't care if they play, like they can play, they cannot play. It's like <laughs> I have to own yeah. that maybe maybe they shouldn't play. Um, right. And maybe, right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's you're, you're been right my opinion. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like. <laughs> right. Well, it's also just interesting to me that I'm just like, Adam Silver, you're progressive. Like, I don't know if he's mm-hmm. progressive. I mean, I, I'm I'm assuming that based on the the things that I've heard him say and discuss at that point. But right. I mean, I don't know. I, I just think that, like, yeah. I, I went a step further where I was like, hey. And I mean, I, I still think, like, if I thought Adam Silver was a jerk or, like, a bigot or someone <laughs> who was, like, actively working against the things that I care about, I wouldn't name my podcast after him. I, I, I It's named for him because I think that he – there's this chance that, like, we could be on the same page and, and work together to – to, mm-hmm. to um, make things better in whatever sense, whatever that means. So I just, like, I still have this idea of who Adam Silver is. Maybe it's not actually who he is at all, but I I definitely address him that way. So he he has his bill of NBA fan relations that we just can't get enough of. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's seen this letter, and and who knows, maybe Adam Silver has seen that as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like there's, there's, we revere uh him because of the the progress that this sport has made and because um you know it's it is it is an evolution constantly um 
and you know i've been lately kind of trying to like learn more about its origins and about you know uh um dr naismith and it was just like the fact that like that was an element of it since the beginning was like you know this repurposing of some you know from a, of, a, of a peach basket into something we use for a game and how that is you know transitioned over time to where you know backboards and they're made of wood and now they're made of glass and these rims are made of steel and now they've been reinforced so that Shaq can't break them and right. you know again, all, these, yeah. all this yeah yeah again so all these things that we're constantly like internalizing and 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 resolving for the betterment and the progress of the game you know like you know whether it was the ways in which and especially you know how it's often been pushed and um by black athletes and the ways in which they've played and 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 evolved the game and then we've had and then the NBA as an institution largely run by white people has had to respond or learn how to respond and not you know be oppressors you know i i always think about you know the ways in which like uniforms were policed or or the you know way you know crossover dribbles things like that that like were just you know this infusion of culture and 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 evolution that was moving faster than the you know this institution was like ready to to you know embrace but ultimately but ultimately you know you can look at those moments and know that they there's been like a little bit of oppression but compromise or yeah and that, or that like you know that that we got chipped away at over time where we, maybe that the initial shock hit and then like over time they've, they've, they've you know eased up and, and and there's that expression that is starting to be more allowed and free and and so yeah you just look at this sport and there's so much about it that gives you that like that energy of like how much is possible and can change within your lifetime and it's just this example that stands in defiance of how the rest of the world feels to us a lot of times you know and that like there's all these gatekeepers and and people who are you know resistant to change and and you know are taking wild you know reactionary measures and and to you know oppress or 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 subdue or silence and but you look at basketball and it's just like it keeps growing and evolving and then you're like this is possible like this is what i need to know and this is what i need to look at and like and that's you know in this letter and and i'm trying to send that reminder to him of like what this means to us you know yeah i love it i i i the fact that it it still resonates to this day i think speaks to the fact that the evolution is maybe not it's it's not you know the, we we have this vision of the of this you know woke league but maybe that evolution isn't uh moving on a pace that is uh 
agreeable with who we are as basketball fans and basketball players, uh, you know? Right. I mean, I think that, you know, it's just, um, I, I hope it's not, I hope it's extremely irrelevant in like six months. <laughs> I hope right, this letter right. like doesn't make sense. So I hope that someone who reads it would be like, what are you talking about? Um, I mean, someone right. who reads it right now could also say that, but I think that like, I, I hope that it just like there, it becomes less and less relevant because, um, either protesting is something, I mean, it's so weird to talk about protesting being something that's embraced because then it's not a protest because then the protest has to accomplish the thing that it's protesting. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, or mm -hmm. like whatever it's set out. So it's just, it's not that I want to say that I hope, like, I think that was another misunderstanding that I had um, with myself, <laughs> which happens all the time, is that I was like, oh, I want every NBA player to kneel. But mm -hmm. if, if everyone kneels, then, like, we need to come up with another, and nothing changes, we need to come up with another way to get change accomplished. So right. I think that we're seeing that right now with, like, you know, these videos of police officers kneeling. And, um, you know, I think we saw that when... Donald Trump called the NBA play, uh, NFL players sons of bitches, and then all of these owners like took a knee with their with their team, mm -hmm. and it was like a very much it was like a institutionally approved um, right. act. But the whole point of protesting is that it's not institutionally approved, um, and this idea of like taking away this rule. I felt that this rule that, like, you have to do this with your body was a way of chipping away at the system that allows for um, and perpetuates this idea of one group of people controlling another group of people's body uh, yeah. or restrict, restricting them in some way. So I think that um, that is – so I guess I just – this idea of, like, everyone taking a knee or we need to protest until – we need to find different ways to protest until uh, there is nothing to protest. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I just think that um, it's so tricky figuring out, like, what could the players do in Orlando that would feel comparable, near comparable to what Ka Colin Kaepernick did. Mm -hmm. And the answer is, like, so little because we are all expecting it. I mean, they can still make, like, dr sorry, they can make dramatic change. They can totally affect things impact things absolutely but just this idea of like um that kind of like he did that on his own and there was no sense of it, like that was a, a a moment because i mean that summer was was very fraught with like the those killings that we talked about before and then like the the police that were killed in response to those killings like both in baton rouge and dallas and it was just really yeah. heavy um and things like that of course like things like this are happening all the time but those events happening so close to right you know this was all within like the first two weeks of july um mm -hmm. sorry that was 2000 yeah that was 2016 so i just think that like yeah. um we can't we can't replicate what Colin Kaepernick did. Um, we can only choose to like build on it in another way um, and, and figure out another way to, to protest. And I think that's what the, um, the players are, are figuring out. But of course, like doing things like starting uh, more than a vote, uh, you know, this LeBron James and Jalen Rose and Trey Young and um, other players are getting together to kind of, address this problem uh, directly 
and um, I mean, it doesn't necessarily feel directly all the time, and 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 I can't, I can't promise. Uh, I can't. I mean, I. It's tricky uh, because Joe Biden is not. Um, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> so things are tricky for me right. as far as like, uh, will we have this change? But uh, of course, he is uh, running on a progressive platform because he has to, um, right. it, uh, because of Bernie Sanders. So this idea that like we can we we can do better by electing Joe Biden, um, and of, and also LeBron is not saying, oh yeah, like Joe Biden can't wait to campaign with him. He's saying. We're talking. We're gonna educate people about voter suppression because if you know your vote is being suppressed, you might want to vote more. Like if you know that they're like, mm -hmm. it's just yeah. So yeah, well, um, it's like it's not even you know because they're addressing they're addressing something that like is has was there bef before this moment mm -hmm. and will be there no matter the outcome in November. You know, uh, right. I mean. Just, just this, just this Friday, we, you know, it was learned that, you know, Kentucky, uh, what, like, it was like seventy percent of their, uh, or maybe more, I can't remember the number, but it was in Kentucky. They, the, the polling places were all cut significantly, particularly in the county that had the most amount of black people, and now they have one station there for over six hundred thousand people have to vote in this one station like that is the most yeah, it's a joke. insane yeah yeah like that 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 right there is so wildly and flagrantly like just wrong and and un and just seems like obviously illegal like <laughs> you should be able to just do that to like the vote and yeah it's about the vote i think that that's what it's not yeah. about one person and i think that that is so good that yeah, yeah. We, we move away from like i mean i think it you know i it's 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 very yeah. easy to get hung up on like one person and one person's ideas and like that's going to get us there but i think this idea of um that there is no one person that can change all of this and we do need to vote um mm -hmm. and i understand how how uh that that if you uh, think that the system is working against you, then participating in that system by voting doesn't doesn't seem yeah. like uh, a logical conclusion. But I just think that like um, it is one of many answers to how we can uh, sort of change, have some significant change in the future based on like you know just uh, the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I I think that also kind of reflects the um problem that you know kind of comes down to like the player's decision right now because I I look at the idea of um first of all like playing and then like using that platform to progress issues and you know, it always, it reminds me of um, Dave Chappelle talking about, you know, like Kobe Bryant, like going for 60 in his final game, you know, in the midst of all of this like turmoil um, and, and like keeping 
the country together in a way because of, you know, everyone like stopped thinking about all this terrible like events that are happening. And we're like looking at this like person, like accomplish something in their final, in their, you know, as their, as their glorious farewell. And it's like, you know, that game might've provided some catharsis in that moment, but like, we're still in these cyclical systemic issues and it just feels like that, you know, to not have the game is a way in which to hold these issues in the light and may remain accountable. And also to stop putting the onus on players to be the champions and the voice of all this and to start putting pressure on ownerships or sorry, governors to do something. And I'm talking about NBA governors of these teams, you know, um, I mean, I'm for, they, I'm for all governors, like, taking action on this yeah, in a yeah, in productive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, but there needs to be governors taking positions or at least feeling the pressure that, like, their players are not going to allow their silence to remain and that like this, you know, and that they, they are the ones who have all the bargaining chips right now. And I think this is the way that you, that you really, you know, in the same way that a lockout uh, holds such, you know, power and brings such change to players getting more, uh, you know, stronger, a stronger union and their, and their needs met in those regards. Like, you know, there's just, I think the long-term, that, that short-term pressure has long-term possibilities, mm-hmm. both for the players and for the issues. And so, um, especially if they really get a larger, uh, you know, collective behind it, and there are a few superstars who are refusing to play like, you know, that kind of degradation of uh, like the talent that will be playing, you know, like looking at a, if they, if they forge ahead and there's, you know, a bunch of teams with key players who aren't there and you're, you know, you're just talking about an asterisk you know, a bigger asterisk than it already is on this whole uh, experiment of continuing the season. And I think that sends such a stronger message than, than, than playing. Uh, and, you know, and it's also the fact that, like, we're getting to these levels where, you know, over the years it's been an individual who's had to shoulder all the yes, sacrifices, yes, yes, you know? Yes. It's, so it's been... Muhammad Ali, it's been Craig Hodges, Mahmoud Al-Durawuf, it's been, um, you know, Kareem or, uh, but it's never been a league, you know, who's just said, no, we have the power here, you need us, we need this, this is what's going to happen, you know? 
and obviously the league is very diverse, but like, uh, you know, I feel as though there is the opportunity because basketball is a team sport and that teams, you know, that, that you know, people like uh, Kyle Korver will throw their allyship, uh, you know, like if this is, if this becomes a bigger and, and more concerned, you know, uh, a platform that then becomes an initiative for the players that someone like JJ Reddick will be like, yes, I'm with them on this. You know, like it's, it's a matter of the numbers growing and the position being firmly defined to where the people who are uncertain or reluctant are uh, assured that not only do we have like the numbers, but we have this, we have these demands. This is what we're looking for. So that like everybody knows what are on that same page. And that's, that's the thing that you're seeing a lot. And also the communities who are working on these uh, reforms right now and, and the defunding is that they're putting out their demands. They're, they're unifying the message mm-hmm. so that, so that people know exactly what they're getting behind. And that was another big issue in the past is that, you know, it became the, the, the issues keep getting co-opted and then that the message gets muddied and then they don't get, and then we don't accomplish the goal, you know? And so right now what I'm seeing and I'm really moved by is the fact that there's no, alternative issues being in, 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 you know, implemented into their, it's very focused on defund reform is not working. Like you, you know, we've, we've gone through all the loops of like things that you thought would work previously. You, you know, it's not enough anymore. We're at a new, new place. This needs to be these yeah, body cameras significant are not the things. Answer. Body cameras are not the answer, you know, here in Sacramento, like, we have body cameras that often get turned off or, you know, just malfunction. What a thing. We have a black police chief. You know, we hired more black cops. Uh, you know, all these things that are are supposed to be the way to, to solve it. But you're, there's still been, you know, numerous murders by the police, regardless of all the technology and all the, you know, diversity within the force, whatever it may be, it's still an institutional force designed to hunt black people. And, you know, and that's it. That's, that's not, not, you can't change that with making black people do it themselves. (laughs) Like it's still <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's again it comes back to this idea. It's a systemic problem and not an individual issue. So we right, can change right, our individual yeah, yeah. actions. Um, of course, like there are individual actions that are um, abhorrent in in a sense that um, uh, re- results in in in. I'm just thinking about like Dylan Roof, you know, things like that. But yeah. really, um, we can change a lot of our day-to-day actions. Uh, but if we're not changing the systems within which we do those actions, like doesn't, it won't, uh, things won't get significantly better the way that in the way that they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think the unifying thing is important. And I just remembering, yeah, how isolated 
um, like Colin Kaepernick must have felt um, through much of his, I mean, I know Eric Reed was kneeling with him and, and some other players and, but you know, he would, he did that by himself. And it's crazy to me that some, some professional football players, which will go unnamed on this podcast are still learning that he was not protesting the flag. (laughs) Um, Wow. Oh my God. How could you watch? How, how, what, how could you avoid that information that was like, that right. is what people were saying? I mean, of course, if you specifically well, and it only listen so to certain quick. outlets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was so quick of like the ways in which that message was was co-opted and diluted and destroyed uh, and diverted away from its original intention. Like they they hit it hard for what it was and where it was like right now. Like you can't get beyond the matter at hand, which is police murdering people without in, without impunity, no recourse, no convictions, nothing. And and people who are who have the right to trial, you know, they they don't need to be treated this way over uh, over the suspicion of writing a bad check, over a loose cigarette, over like playing with a toy gun Wearing in a, a Walmart. <laughs> Wearing a hood, you know, presumed to have stolen Skittles. All these, all these absurd reasons in which, like, sleeping in your car, mm, sleeping in yeah. your home. Like, Ugh. all these things that are just, even telling the police that you, you need have help. a license, you need help. Or, you or have yeah. a, you're a licensed gun owner and you're, you're just showing them your license in the glove compartment. Like... Giving, you know, doing anything possible to avoid the escalation and it always systemically happening without, you know, the without need beyond it's so beyond and, and the way that someone should respond. And we just can't continue to have that um, because that's institutionally who they are and what they do. It doesn't matter who does the job, who is their supervisor. There's no one who has the power to put them, not the DAs, anybody has the power to see to it that they are accountable for these misdeeds. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yes. And I have just thought so much about the word accountable or taking into account Mm-hmm. Um, recently just thinking about, um, that we have to take each other into account and we have to take ourselves into account and we have to, um, take where we spend our money into account and we yeah. have to take, uh, you know, how we treat each other's bodies into account. Like we just, we have to take everything into account um, mm-hmm. and, and, and through that, we have to hold e- everyone, each other. Um, I mean, I would say that I'm focusing more on white people <laughs> with this, um, <laughs> but I don't, Indeed. I mean, it's blanket statements are like the weirdest thing in the world. And I, I don't want to necessarily, I don't think they're a su- successful way to, to discuss any group, but I, I just, I think that the people who, 
want to 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 be um, a part of dismantling this system need to uh, be more accountable right you know and I I, I I I agree like you know this and it's weird because we're in this moment where um, accountability is the most simple ask of that's happened in the last three months it's just said hey be accountable stay in your home if you go out wear a mask like you know be be concerned with your fellow citizen and do this little thing to ensure their safety and their comfort and that they you don't know who they are you know what they're going through they could be immunocompromised they could be going through chemotherapy they you know there could be things that you don't see on that surface that could harm them and and if you act without accountability, like you don't know the level of which harm, what, what harm could come down upon them. It could be disease. You could do something that account that the accountability now comes to. They were you, you called the police about them and then they were hunted and shot and died like like these little small things where you're just not being accountable and you're not seeing other people you're only seeing your own interests are is it you know it's it's so it's just the light is like directly on us in that regard as like our western society is feels like it's immune to accountability and we have so much to to work on not just within our institutions but within our self our individual selves you know and, you know, and so it's like you see, like, when people respond appropriately and they say, like, yeah, I can wear a mask. I can stay in. You you, you know, like, all right, look, there's some accountable people. They're actually the majority. But, right. but there's, you know, but there's the people who, <laughs> who who struggle with their accountability are also the people who yell and scream and bitch and moan about it. And so they get they get the cameras, <laughs> you know, but. Right. But they're but they're just the loud, obnoxious ones who who think that you know that they who just are so consumed with their privilege, and it's just it's it sucks because I you know there's so much that can be said about the good in all of us and the good that happens in this world, but yeah yeah it was like on ones who refuse to to be accountable are, are just they just get too much. Too much camera time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and this lack of connecting the dots about um, just where we sort of spend our energy and our time and our money is like what gets attention and what gets um, what what sort of defines the world. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I just think rethinking so much of this, yeah. Um, hmm. this um, is good <laughs> this, yeah, yeah 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 this is important conversation uh-huh. this mm-hmm. is important conversation um and I yeah I just I feel like as we watch the WNBA and the NBA begin to continue what what conversations come up and um uh what 
what sort of accountability occurs, it uh, will be interesting. And I, and I hope that, um, yeah, I hope that we don't sacrifice uh, this movement because we love basketball. <laughs> Um, and I mean, I, I don't know if it will be so black and white as that. And I, I would like to think that if they, if, if things go forward and basketball starts again, like that, that we'll figure out ways to work around that. Um, but yeah, we will see. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope that it keeps finding its place in in the conversation and as uh, and aligned with the movement. Like I'm so, uh, you know, it's been really moving and powerful, powerful to see uh, NBA and WNBA players out in the streets and, and, and speaking to these moments, you know, like Malcolm Brogdon said that, you know, that he wants to be one of those, he wants to be the the grandpa who the kid says you were you were one of those people doing that like back then like yeah. you know that you know in the same way that when you know when you know that you know he could look to his parents and grandparents who who marched with Dr. King you know like he wants to be in you know hit, hit on the right side of history you know and and I you know just this the ways in which I've seen this game be uh a part of the protests, a part of the conversation and movement. It's like, you know, it's, it goes so far beyond what any other sport is able to um, naturally contribute. And, and it's not performative. It's just like, it's so culturally present, you know? Um, And I, I just, I love it. I love it. You know? I, 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 it makes, it makes me love this game even more knowing that, uh, it's ways in which I can, you know, use basketball to, to speak to these issues and I'm seeing other people do so as well. I am happy to be a person who's invested a lot in professional basketball right now. A lot of my mm-hmm. time, a lot of my like love and attention because um, the conversations, even the conversations that are being had, super important conversations that, you know, so I love it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thanks so much, Blake, again, for coming on the podcast and listening to my um, old but semi-relevant writing. I appreciate it. Oh, it was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. It was a nice, uh, you know, a bookend to the conversation we already started. Yes. And, um, yeah, that being said, there'll be more. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we will talk soon. And take care of yourself. All right. Likewise. Okay. bye. Bye.